Hello and welcome back to I Wish I Was You. Today I am joined by Sam King. He is an ex-YouTuber turned entrepreneur. He's running a very successful social media software business and today we're talking all things self-doubt, decision making, putting yourself outside of your comfort zone. We're talking favourite books, we're talking good habits can't wait for you to hear this one. Let me know what you think. Let me know if you have learned anything from it. And here we go. Here's Sam. Sam. Round two. (laughs) Don't tell anyone what just happened. (laughs) We may have just started the recording and I had the mic on the wrong setting and we did record for about... We recorded for one minute and 57 seconds. It's a shame they're never going to hear what we said in that one minute either. That was some really juicy stories in there. (laughs) But anyway, let's just get straight into it. You lived your formative teen years in quite an unusual way, growing quite a big audience on YouTube before the platform was like known for for this kind of thing. You were in the thick of it with the Zoellas and the Alfie days and the early days of PewDiePie <laughs> of the world. Do you know what I mean? You were in the thick of it with them. Some of your videos had hundreds of thousands of views, which is crazy. And most of them had about 20,000 views. And that's an extraordinary way to grow up as a 15 year old. I don't know how old you are. I reckon you're about 15, 16. I reckon that must've impacted you in some kind of way. Yeah, I mean, uh, so yeah, I, I was about 16, I think, or 15, but I looked about 11. So <laughs> that is <laughs> easily, very young. <laughs> easily mistaken um, with with how old I actually was. Um, but yeah, it, it was definitely a, a slightly odd way to, to grow up in, in a sense, because you're you know, a lot of the people around you were like, oh, I'm going to go to uni and I'm studying for this thing. And, and I was there like, oh, I'm just going to do like a challenge or something, you know, like it's, I was just a bit like, oh, to kind of go with, yeah, go with the flow. And, uh, and yeah, and it, yeah, it was a little bit of a weirder time, uh, I guess then. Um, and like one thing that like, uh, always like stands out to me is like, you don't think about everything you do, obviously, before you post a video and like, a quite a, a funny example of that is I once made a video like in the bath like I was wearing I was wearing like swimming shorts um I must have been like 17 or something like that I don't know um and it ended up like it wasn't until like a few weeks or maybe like a month I don't know like quite recently someone was like um like did did you know about this thing and it turns out there's like a feet pics wikipedia and there's like loads of pictures of my feet from that video, like on this like weird Wikipedia page about feet. No way. Like, and it's obviously a really creepy site and I don't think like, <laughs> I definitely don't Google it. Um, and so, you know, you, you obviously make little mistakes like that. And well, yeah, obviously it's not my <laughs> fault. My feet are now in this like, I don't know, weird website, but um, yeah, like you obviously, you, you can't know everything that's going to happen uh, in the future. Do you think that like, that kind of gave you a different like outlook on life to your peers at the time like you say everyone was like planning on going to uni did you you didn't go to uni did you you went straight into the into the world yeah no no uni for me um it was like yeah I did YouTube for like so in like secondary school Mm. um and then I was in sixth form I had like a a part-time job doing like waiting and, and doing like a uh, like serving people their food and stuff Classic. like that which was which I actually really love that job um and kind of did that uh, on the side after I finished sixth form um but then it kind of got to the point where I could like uh 
I was making enough from YouTube where I was like, okay, let's, let's see what we can do and ended up just basically sofa surfing for like six or eight months or so, maybe probably even like a year actually. Um, just staying with different friends in different places who also YouTubers or like mm. friends or, or whatever and just kind of just kept exploring London and, and yeah, just having a good time and trying to make good videos, I guess, at the time. Um, but then it got to the point where I was like, okay, I actually need to move here. And I was quite fortunate. A couple of my friends um, also didn't go to uni um, and we were like, cool, let's go live in London. We were like 18 or 19 mm. or something like that. Um, and then we just got to, yeah, live there and, and do that. Yeah, fair. I have been wondering something about you growing up in the air quotes public eye. I know you weren't like you're not. Yeah, like, 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 you, know, you did. You, you said like the Zoellas, like, and yeah. I, was, I definitely wasn't quite <laughs> no. there. I was like, I was more like the B team kind of. Uh... But to some people, you know, it's it's a lot more than other people, you know, grow up with. And most people, when they're teenagers, are struggling with like crippling self doubt. Um, and I reckon people must have looked at you online and thought like, there's no way he ever like would be struggling with that. What's your take on this? Yeah. I mean, do you know what I like? I've, I think all throughout most of my life, I've always had this like, um, a level of self doubt and, and quite a strong one uh, mm. as well. Um, I think, you know, I, I was kind of fortunate with the YouTube stuff that like, you kind of just like had to get past that. You just had to keep giving it a go, even though like at the time it was like, oh, I wonder what my friends are going to think, or is this weird? Or, you know, it, you know, it, uh, and then you're like, oh, my, why would anyone want to watch me versus like, someone else? Mm. And it took a lot of like, uh, I guess, uh, pushing from, from people to, to help me actually get started with it and, and whatnot. Um, and that, you know, continued that I remember there was, there was times we do like meetups or whatever it was. And like, people come out, oh, can I have a photo or something like that? And I was like, the hell? Like, it's <laughs> like, why? Like, <laughs> cause like, I never really saw myself as, as nearly as good as, as as everyone else or or whatever. But yeah, it, it, it was kind of always there. Um, but you just, I don't know. I, I kind of thought to myself a lot of the time, I was like, should I let that be a reason to not do this thing, which could have like this kind of crazy output, you know, a crazy thing could, you mm. know, can come from this and just go into like a normal thing that maybe doesn't have as uh, those opportunities and it was just like, what am I going to like regret the most? And I just kept kind of living with this like self-doubt and just keep pushing through it and understanding it's just like part of who I am. And Yeah, because I think it's something that everyone struggles with as well. And I I kind of wanted to talk to you about this because obviously I'm here running this podcast where I'm like, well, I think this is a cool idea, but why the hell would anyone else want to like listen to it? And I look at people like YouTubers and podcasters and but but mainly people like youtubers and uh, content creators and I think what is pushing you to like do that like what like is it like a intrinsic like self-belief that your content's really good because I don't think it is most of the time I think it must be something else but I haven't quite figured it out like do you have a take on that yeah well I mean I, I think it definitely depends on how you look at the world right because <laughs> there's this one avenue which goes you know it's it's like um somewhat like exciting right it's like oh okay i'm doing this thing and people are like saying these nice things and like you know even though you've got a lot of self-doubt you get a lot of external validation right from people being like oh like i like this video or, or someone being like i downloaded mm -hmm. the podcast and i really liked mm -hmm. it um and like 
that can also be like a nice thing and that can drive you forward. Like it kind of pushes you above your, your self-doubt. Um, but then I guess you could also look at it in another way is that like, I think at the time, quite a lot of the people that were making YouTube videos were also not like, like if you weren't amazing at making friends, for example, in, in like more of a normal setting or whatever, then this can obviously be quite an appealing thing because you're in, you're, you've got like a sense of community and mm. what, um, and whatever. It's not to say I didn't have any friends. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, I think I was quite fortunate. <laughs> I had, uh, had some friends, but, um, you know, there's a sense of community there. Um, that's, that's quite big. Um, and that doesn't have to be like being a YouTuber. That can be like, you know, the reason that people join a football team um, uh, or play cricket at the weekend mm. or they, you know, whatever they, you know, join a running club. Sometimes it's not about the run or it's not about the specific thing. It's like this, like this sense of community, which, you know, as humans, uh, we, we kind of need that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that can drive it forward and you, you felt like find a little bit of a place in, in the world. Mm-hmm. Let's switch gears a little bit now because you've not actually been a YouTuber for like, what is it, like eight years probably? Yes. Really? Uh, no. I think it's like five or six now or six I, I, since I stopped. Wait, I was, I think I was 22 and I'm 26. So four years actually. Okay, only four years. Or but five. But still, I if, I, if I look back four, four years ago, I was definitely a very different person to who I am now. So I'm sure you think the same thing. And you've been very, very busy since. So you founded a company in 2017. Is that right? Something like that. Yeah. So there was like a year crossover from finishing YouTube or stopping YouTube to this company. Mm-hmm. So we yeah, kind of started the company whilst I was still doing YouTube as like a slight crossover period. Yeah. And and since then, you've been like super busy, always like kind of like moving forward, it seems. Um, we met actually, me and Sam met for the first time when I was in my first year of uni and I came to visit your office. And at the time I was like, how does this guy have an office? He's like 22. Like, why does he, why is he in a WeWork in bank? And I was there to like take some photos of you and your co-founder at the time, which was so random, but that's just, that's just another story. And um, what I want to know is what keeps you motivated to keep on succeeding? Like, it seems like you're always kind of pushing forward, always doing great things with your business, but you also have a nice balance from what I've seen with your personal life where you are still able to go away mm-hmm. and like enjoy trips away. Like you said, recently you've been to America and you managed to like have a nice work life balance while also having like a holiday kind of thing. So what motivates you to succeed and keep being able to kind of live this life? Yeah. I mean, do you know, what? it's something that, you know, you do think about a bit uh, whilst you're kind of, you know, when you're in the thick of it, you're like, why the hell am I putting myself under all this stress <laughs> at times? But um, I think there's something uh, for me specifically is around like, you know, I kind of went off on this like weird tangent in life of YouTube and, and like now I'm doing this other thing, which is, I guess, less standard. Um, mm-hmm. And for me, I just see this like we've now got I've got like this. There's like a million opportunities that, you know, or different ways you may end up going down in life. Um and like, I kind of find that quite exciting and like the idea of just following and seeing where I end up. I really love that process. Like I like that, you know, we're waking up and I'm like, okay, today we're going to be doing this and we're going to try and move this forward. Mm-hmm. And all these little things can maybe get the business to this level or this place. And then, you know, something else might happen. And yeah. then, you know, it, I think there's something to be said around really just enjoying 
where life takes you. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's there's lots of ways to look at life. You can be like, yeah, okay, you make you decide every decision you make and you end up in this place. Or there might also be a level of like something stuff is just going to happen. Things are going to get put on your plate, and then you're going to have to deal with them. And I kind of like just dealing with them and then being, oh, okay, and now I'm doing this or now I'm doing that. And so I think the motivation to summarize would be, um, I really enjoy the process and the more you can find happiness and enjoyment in the process, the less the end result actually matters. Like as long as you Mm -hmm. feel like when you're doing the thing, actually this interests me and this uh, stimulates me from like a, a work perspective and I like the people I'm working with and I enjoy what my days look like or I enjoy that I can make my days, whatever they are. Um, the reason to keep going is because it's so nice each day. Um, and that doesn't mean you have to be there right now. It just means you can you can aim to get to that. And then at that point, everything else doesn't really matter. Mm, it sounds like you're a natural optimist. Do you know what? I think uh, like... Sometimes, yes, uh, but I'm also naturally, like, uh, especially with some of the work I do, um, I literally have to plan for the worst. So, like, uh, okay. but I think there's, you know, you can also get a level of, like, when you look at a situation, like, if you can actually go, okay, what's the worst way this can end, right? And then you've got, like, okay, well, let's say this bad thing happens. How are we going to deal with that? Okay, we'll do this, and this is what that will look like. But, you know, okay, well, I know how bad it can get. But then, okay, what what does a really good option look like? Mm. Okay, so we're probably going to end up somewhere in the middle, right? You're probably not going to be, you know, on either end of it. So it's nice to know, have a little bit of clarity, I guess, between like what those could look like. And it doesn't mean you need to dwell on them. It just means that you have like a a better perspective and you have a better map to read when you're looking at things. Mm. When you're making a decision like that, I really like this like decision architecture thing where it's like, how do you know what, how to make this like important decision because I think it was like Obama or someone said that if like it's 51% yes and like 49% no then that's a clear yes like have you ever heard of this like Uh, so I haven't heard of that um but it depends on on like I think people put like a massive massive weight on like okay I'm gonna make my big decision <laughs> and obviously there are times in life you know maybe what courses you might want to study at uni or, or stuff like that which which do have more long-lasting effects but um one thing uh, that I, I've been trying to explore this idea of is well I can only explain it in one way um so there's this um I, I recently learned about this term called tacking um so when it's basically like a, a sailing term so like you kind of like go with the wind right so you gotta mm-hmm. you turn the boat so you get the most momentum from the wind and then you might get too far once so you have to turn the boat to be like instead of going in a straight line you're going in like a diagonal and then you change it to a different diagonal mm-hmm. and it, that's called tacking um so i think decision because people look at decisions like you're going to go straight then you're going to do a right turn right whereas actually you can just kind of be going in one direction be like okay maybe we can adjust this maybe we can do something different maybe i can make some other decisions go a little bit left it doesn't have to be you're going left forever, like, or you're going right forever. It's like you, you just, you can just tack into a different, um, different way. And I think the frequency in which you make decisions is more important than the decisions themselves. So, like, if you spend ages thinking about these big decisions, or thinking about decisions and putting loads of weighting on them, it also like ties you into that decision. So, if you can go, okay, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna make this decision. I'm gonna explore this thing for a month, and then at the end of that month, I can go, oh, okay. I like this, this feels right, feels wrong. 
Yeah. And then if, if it doesn't feel right, you can just go back. All you've done is understood that that's not the right way to go. Mm-hmm. And by understanding it's not the right way to go, you're that's part of the process of learning which way to go. Yes. I don't know if that was like a big like jumble of stuff, but like, does that make sense? <laughs> that, that that makes so much sense. I actually love that. Like, I've never I've never heard it explained that way before. I actually did do sailing at school once because where I'm from, yeah. they let you go sailing in year five for three days. So I did. I I when you said tacking, I was like, what the hell is that? And then you said it was from sailing, and I was like, I know about this. I've genuinely never heard anyone explain it that way, but it makes so much sense. And it comes back to that thing of like, no matter what you're doing, you're always like learning something pretty much. So whatever decision you make, as long as you're reflecting and looking back, like not, not all the bloody time, but like, as long as you're aware of what you're doing and you're in control, then, you know, it's, you're learning and that's, that's where you need to be. I think at the end of the day. Yeah. I think there's, there's this like, because the reason that the, the tacking thing came about is because we were talking about something as a company. We're like, okay, so we're going to be making a bit of a pivot. And we're like, okay, how are we going to communicate this back to people without like scaring, not scaring them, but like pivot sounds like we're changing everything, mm-hmm. right? But actually you're just tweaking something up and mm-hmm. just slightly changing direction a little bit. So it felt like more of like a, a less harsh version of a pivot, right? Mm-hmm. It's also so important to be changing things. Like if you don't, then what, what the hell is happening? Like, I think it's really important to be constantly moving in a new direction every now and then actually quite frequently in my opinion I think if you're in the same place all the time then you're in your comfort zone and that's when things start to like slowly decline I think personally yeah and it's not like just a business thing this is like like personally Mm. as well it's like um it's like for example like if you've got a book right and then you're like oh I'm going to get this book. I'm going to learn about this interesting thing or it's a fiction book and I want to just go along on this story, but it's a little bit different than what I normally read. Mm-hmm. Just read the first like 25 pages, right? And if you don't like it, you can just get a new book, right? Yeah. So <laughs> it, it's like, you know, it, but it, it opens up opportunity because you're, you're putting yourself in a new place where you're exposed to new things. Mm-hmm. I absolutely agree with that. I think that was a really good insight. Now, I asked the audience for some questions for you. I didn't say who you were. I just gave them a brief bit of background and the girlies delivered. And what we've come up with is as follows. The first question is, what would you say to your teenage YouTuber self? Um, do you know what? It would, it would literally be the tacking thing and like, yeah. uh, well, not that's maybe not that specifically. It'd be more uh, around... Because when I, when I actually came to a point where I was like, I'm going to stop making YouTube videos, I was like, obviously, I, I kind of had the business. We'd started that a little bit before, so I had some direction. Um, but I was really terrified. Like, that was like my identity. It was like, okay, you've been a YouTuber since you were 16, you're now 21, 22, whatever. You're not going to be a YouTuber anymore. Mm. And I was like, that's all I've ever been. Um, and learning that that, knowing that that's actually a good thing rather than a bad thing um that it's okay to change and it's good to change and actually whenever you feel that you you might actually feel scared but actually it's actually a a good thing to feel not a bad thing and most of the time when you're in that you're basically putting yourself into a completely alien place outside your comfort zone you're very much going to be going into a a better direction now or or an interesting direction and life's going to throw stuff at you and you just gotta Mm -hmm. take it and go cool I'm here now and, and enjoy that for what it is enjoy the YouTube part for what that was and not be like, well, now I'm not going to have these things or I'm, you know, cause you're going to gain lots of other stuff and that's good. 
to, mm-hmm. to have different things in your life and, and be doing different things. Mm-hmm. The second question came from someone who also owns a business. So it's quite a businessy question, but it's when do you want to stop working? And I think what they mean by this is, do you have a plan to get to a certain age and be like, I'm retiring early, Tim Ferriss style, you know, like... Yeah, I don't think uh, I don't think I'm aiming for a four day work week just yet. Um, <laughs> four hour work. Week. Oh, is it four hour? Yeah. yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. Like uh, no. I mean, for me, I I enjoy the process of work, um, mm. and I I just like looking at things getting like that. It's like a puzzle. Like every day, it's like oh, I've got this puzzle. Like how do I start? Like, it's like a Sudoku or something. You know, like I, I like those things. And um, so I don't have like a, an aim to like oh, like I'm gonna get to this age. I'm gonna stop working. I think it's just creating the right balance throughout your life right and you know there's going to be times like now for example I'm going to be trying to work more than maybe when I'm 60 70 Mm. Um, but hopefully like throughout my years and as I change as a person more in the future my work's going to change and it's going to become like you know maybe when I'm 60 I might find that actually like I really want to go compete nationally at Sudoku (laughs) you know like and and then I'm like oh I'm I'm like a gold medal Sudoku I actually don't do Sudoku so I don't know why this has been my example but um yeah this idea of of like work is like I don't know like you can make it what you want and um yeah I I I hope to always be engaging my brain and like uh enjoying that side of life um but whilst making sure to to Mm. enjoy off the back work stuff off the back of that do you think you plan not plan but like do you think you I don't know what the word is I'm gonna just say plan and you're gonna have to know what I mean do you think you plan your lifestyle around your work or do you think you plan your work around your lifestyle and where do you think the healthy balance is with that um I think it's definitely changed over time um like before maybe not before but like when I was a YouTuber it was very much like life around like I would like I'd make work work around my life mm-hmm. um and then that changed a bit you know the old I think as you get older you you start to you just start enjoy I think you just start to enjoy work more so you actually mm-hmm. actually you know I'm gonna do I'm gonna focus on work whereas now I feel like I'm I'm still trying to work out what the balance is and, and what feels right. Um, one thing that I've been like really enjoying, uh, I don't know if this counts as lifestyle, but um, before I was super rigid with where I worked, I was like, I always have to be like in the office, in, in my office here and like no distractions and like, like I'd be like, Tuesday is my deep work day and I, I don't have any distractions or whatever. Um, but recently I've been really enjoying like the fluidity of, of, uh, like, I guess life and like, you're like going to different places, like going to a coffee shop in the morning, doing some Mm -hmm. work there. And instead of going, oh, like I need to deep work till this time. And then I can get, it's like, oh, I'm I'm a bit hungry. I'm going to get lunch and I'm going to somewhere else. And like, just creating, just kind of listening and following what my, I think my body needs Mm -hmm. uh, on a more day-to-day basis rather than being like, here's some really rigid rules that you need to follow at all times. Um, so my answer is, I don't know, I think, (laughs) um, but yeah, I think it depends what, what's needed. Mm, I really like that. I really like the kind of listening to what feels good on the day kind of thing. I know quite a few founders that work that way. And those people that work that way are some of the most like air quotes, productive people I know. So I think it's, it's, it's not like a, it's kind of a new thing. Cause I feel like the whole, like, Cal Newport deep work and like you know work till 11 from 7am till 11 and then 
you know, have have like go to the gym and then come back and then do your emails for 30 minutes and don't spend any more time than that on them. And like, you know, yeah, yeah, it, it doesn't seem to work <laughs> for everyone. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think as well, it can work when you're in control of every element of your life, mm. but like ultimately it means you're really bad at dealing with external things that come up unplanned. Mm-hmm. Um, so like, uh, I know one thing is that like, I would try and do like deep work days or like whatever. And what would end up happening is someone might message me being like, oh, hey, do you mind uh, doing this thing for me? And I'd be like, what, what the hell? Like, <laughs> why they get like, uh, like, no, no. And then I get super overwhelmed, right? Um, and then I was just like, do you know, I, I just realized that this, this wasn't the right way. And, you know, I still enjoy like a good deep work day mm. or whatever, but it's, it's when it's possible rather yeah. than like, that's not the aim. Like, you know, it, it, yeah. you just got to take things as they go. And yeah, manage your expectations. Um, next question. Someone said, what's the best and worst parts of your job? For context, you run a, it's not an agency. You've pivoted from no, an agency yeah. <laughs> to a social media marketing tool. There we yeah. go. So before, yeah, a, we SaaS. a, a SaaS social media marketing tool, <laughs> help you run and manage your accounts on. Yeah. And you employ about 20 people right now. So yeah, best and worst, best and worst parts. I think some like, it's going to, it's going to sound a bit, but like, I think that they're kind of like the same because, um, a lot of the best parts are actually some of the bits that you maybe aren't enjoying the most in the moment. Like for example, um, the, the, the best part is, is that I learn so much, right. You know, we're quite good at our individual roles and, and whatever, but there's still so much we need to learn, like, you know, managing a team, for example. So some of the worst bits will be like, when someone lets you know that they're not feeling great because of the way that you've spoken to them or because the, of like a bad process. Mm. But the, but then like some of the best parts are like learning that that is a bad way to do things because then you can do it well, right? So it's like, I love that I'm learning about some like these, I love what I get to learn about. Um, but unfortunately to learn truly, you kind of have to feel the pain. So like they're kind of the same thing. And uh, it took a while for me to realize that that's okay like it's okay to make these mistakes you know mm. before I was like I have to be perfect I have to run the perfect one-on-ones and then I was like but if I run the perfect one-on-one and I don't ask for feedback I don't learn actually I this was I didn't really like this Sam mm. you kept being annoying or whatever <laughs> like you know you're not you're not gonna learn that's right so yeah I like that I get to learn those things and unfortunately to learn them it hurts yeah, it kind of sounds like what you're talking about is self-awareness. Is that something that you've looked into much? It sounds like that. It's like you kind of just put it in a nutshell, exactly what like growing your self-awareness is. And for me, that's been like, it's not fun. <laughs> like It's actually really hard. But then you're like, oh shit, I'm like way better now. Like yeah. I'm, I'm so much more like aware. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, I think it's this like, we all have this version of what we think life is or should be um and that includes everything like of what is good or what is bad um but if you look at it with a different perspective and, and you listen to people you, you just you're gonna get um i can't remember the, which book it was uh i think it was like seven habits of highly effective people um stephen covey or something like that it was like <laughs> it's a good book um and it was speaking about this idea of like maps and like like if you're looking at a situation you can have a map right and mm-hmm. one map might be like here's the terrain or like, here's like what it looks like. And then you can have another map which shows like all of the different, like the hills and you can see all the different types of hills or whatever. 
And then it's like, well, if you combine those, you get a much better idea of what the landscape looks like. Mm. Whereas if you just only ever approach life with your one map and you're not like, you're never going to yes. get a more truer perspective and you can continue looking at life with your one map or you can like be like, I'd actually like to see the world as it is rather than what I think it should be or is. Mm. I'm glad you said that because I actually have that book at home and I picked it up one day and I was like, oh my God. God, I can't read this. Yeah, it, I can't it believe is, you got through that book. It, it, the thing is, is like those books. Like, I think you have to, you have to kind of trundle through them. And like, I, it, it, it's one of the ones I had the most incredible, like little lessons and insights. But you've got to get over the kind of slightly wanky industry of of what self help books like look like. You know, like, uh, like I love a self help book. Like, it's no, I'm no. There's everyone probably knows that about me, which is embarrassing, but fine. Um, Seven ha- seven habits of highly effective people is something I could not get over. But maybe, maybe I will. Maybe now you said that I will give it another go. Um, but next question. This is a funny one. Why do you think entrepreneurs enjoy working so much? <laughs> um. Uh. <laughs> I don't know. Like I, I think maybe just because they've been fortunate to find something they, that they like uh, mm. or they've, they've you know been fortunate enough to be in a position where they can follow their you know what they want to do rather than you know they don't have to do other stuff um i think there's there's always going to be that element to it but i guess just finding something that that really stimulates them mm. um i don't think entrepreneurship is the answer to to what is the best style of work i think it depends on what you need as a person yeah but I guess it helps when if you typically if you are b- becoming an entrepreneur, you're making something or you're designing something or creating, you know, you're creating something in a, you're creating something that you want and wish was in the world. Mm-hmm. So there's quite a high motivation, right? You know, most times when if you get a job, it's not going to be because that is your dream. You know, I love making podcasts for accounting firms. You know, <laughs> a lot of the time that's not what, you know, yeah. um, but by doing that, you then, you get these things to end up eventually in, in the thing that you want. So I think it's just a case of um, just finding something that they can dig their teeth into. Um, but I'd, I'd say that the, the the way to counteract that would be to just enjoy exploring because then instead of being, I want to find this one big, perfect job, it's like, I'm just going to enjoy exploring what I do and don't like. Mm. And then final question from the audience, kind of a deep one. Um, was having an audience from a young age damaging in any way? It would be too linear to think of it like that. Yeah. Like it would just be like having an audience online is, <laughs> is bad. Like it's like it's like a massive, it would be, um, I think it has damaging, you know, it has the opportunity to have damaging effects, right? You mm. might be, you might get a big ego from it. You might like be less inclined to listen to others because you think you're like top dog because you've got all these followers or whatever you know they, they can definitely have those effects um but for me I think it, it I felt like it was an, a really interesting thing that happened in my life and mm. I don't know I, I, it'd be weird to look back on it and be like that was so damaging <laughs> yeah no did you get a lot of like um did you get a lot of hate did you get a lot of like negative comments um on what you were doing not really no like um I didn't like when I was doing it not really I know like towards like the end so when I, f- I finished um making videos and then like two years later someone like spoke about me in a video and like um were just like yeah I don't like him <laughs> and then all of that audience that like, came over and commented on all my videos 
And I kind of looked, I was like, this is like two years after I'd stopped making yeah. videos. I was like, oh, that's kind of yeah. weird. And, and like, you, you, you still feel it like, oh, yeah. that's quite like, it's quite a lot of <laughs> negative opinions. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, you're not prone to uh, not taking that. But uh, I think I was quite fortunate. I think other people get a lot, a lot worse comments than than what I did maybe in that very end period. But um, yeah, I think I, I got, got away quite lightly, to be honest. Mm. That's interesting. Okay, I want to move on to our sort of wind down questions yep. as I've started calling them. I'm going to throw an extra one in though. Um, so sat here in your kitchen, I can see a few books lying around. <laughs> yeah. You actually got my favorite book there, Steve Jobs by Walter Isaacson. I haven't read it yet. I got it the other day. Oh my I'm God. You are in it. for such a treat. That is my top number one life-changing book. Mm-hmm. I'm not Elizabeth Holmes. Don't worry. Um, what's your favorite book? It can be any book. Um, doesn't ha- please don't uh, say seven habits of highly it's not that people. it's not that one uh, i think that was like the, that was good because it was like one of the first um of those types of books i read which i felt was it was really interesting inside into that industry like category of book i guess um i really i mean i, I think i've said this on uh, to a few people i'm like shoe dog by phil knight is just like it, it's just such a crazy story and like I just like how much things went wrong for him and mm-hmm. but then ended up going so right. Um so that one's definitely up there. Um if I was to go more obscure, um, like well maybe it's not as <laughs> not everyone's answer. Yeah. I've actually uh, not read Shoe Dog yet, you know, but it's on my list because I yeah. think he looks so cool. That's the founder of Nike, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Um another one would be uh so the book that I'm just finishing off now, um, which was recommended to me by one of the guys that I work with when we were away. I started, started reading it so I wanted to have a little look. Um and it's called How to Live, um, which is a biography about a guy called Montaigne, mm-hmm. um, who's like a philosopher from the fifteen hundreds. <laughs> and it's Oh, I love him. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I haven't read how to live but i've read a philosophy book about montaigne and i yeah. was just like what a fucking yeah, it's, guy it's pretty nuts um again so i've only read the biography mm. i'm yet to read the essays that's kind of stage yeah. two um but that was that's been like um it's just like it's just so profound that someone in the 1500s could mm-hmm. write and feel like you connect with them even now um so that one i just feel like you know when you read a book you're like for like because it's the last book you read like i love this book yeah Yeah, so i felt like it had to be mentioned um and it's just been yeah it's been such a pleasure to because like one of those ones where it's like you know there's there's lessons in it but Mm. it's also so much about the history of like france in the 1500s for example and it's like you're like well i get exposed to all this cool information Mm -hmm. so yeah i love a philosophy book because i feel like you're learning so much like uh appliable stuff which is what I want when I read a book but you also get a lot of like entertainment from them they're usually quite funny as well I find philosophy books have so much like humor in them which I feel like most people wouldn't think about straight away when they think about a philosophy book but yeah everyone should go find a philosophy book and read it and my favorite question to ask everyone is what is one habit that you have that makes you feel really good um something you do every day Maybe less of like a hit. It's not that I brush my teeth on one foot kind of thing. Like it's not like a, a very specific uh, <laughs> thing, but like uh, making a, an effort to expose myself to like new things and like like putting myself in that like weird like uncomfortable area of like things. That, like uh, like the other day I went to like um, there was like a like a residence party for this place. I just I've just moved in here. And I was like, I'm going to go by myself. Yes, I, <laughs> I, was like, I was like, I'm just going to like, I, like, cause then like you force yourself to be in this like 
uncomfortable thing, but then by doing that, it forces you to to like level up a little bit. Yes. Um, and yeah, small things like that, I think are really important and accepting that a lot of the time when you want to, by pushing yourself, it's, it's, you have to take like the short term hit of like, I feel like horrible and really anxious and uncomfortable here. So doing things like that, um, but that can come in many forms. It could be going to an event by yourself. It could also be going out for dinner by yourself. Mm-hmm. It could be um, reading books that are in a different category than you'd normally read. Mm-hmm. So you're exposed to this, like, again, like, I guess like a new map or, or whatever it is and then go, cool. Like you're, yeah. so, you're like a little sponge. You can like drag it around the world and like yeah. soak up all this stuff and then take in the bits that you feel like, you believe in or whatever Mm -hmm. yeah that is absolutely what I'm going through right now so I love that you said that um and final question the one that I must ask everyone who do you look at and think god I wish I was you wow that is a big one um I might have to take a second to uh, to work it out I think one I mean one that like comes to mind first um would be like I, I think like Steve Bartlett like he's just like um he's just on another level right now. Like, you know, like he, he's, I love seeing someone like transition into like their next, their next level, you know, like a little Pokemon that's like evolved. <laughs> yeah. Um, and like, uh, I was fortunate enough to, uh, meet him, um, when I was a YouTuber and worked with his agency a few times and met him then. And just kind of seeing who he was then. And, and then seeing, you know, they took social chain public and then they sold it. And like, now seeing what he's doing with his podcast, for example, I love that, like, I just, it's just been really interesting to watch. And then the fact he was on like Dragon's Den, like he's just like leveling up, leveling up, leveling up. And I just think it's really impressive. That's so interesting because previous guest Will also said Steve. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. So that's so interesting that lots of people must be thinking that about this guy right now. Yeah. Well, I guess as well, like he's, he's very much in the public eye, like in terms yeah. of, um, the like I couldn't I, even if I was to think like who else is on that kind of level or like or that exposed you know exposed mm-hmm. to the world I don't think there is that many you know mm-hmm. so I think that probably helps as well right yeah mm-hmm. totally well thank you for chatting today Sam no worries I've really enjoyed it and if people want to find you where should they go I would say the best place is either Twitter or Instagram uh, and both of those are just Sam King FTW Cool. Still got the old YouTube name in there. <laughs> Sam, Haven't quite got rid of that. Sam King for the win. Yeah. <laughs>